nobody believed that we're going to shoot, actually going to shoot the film in one take. So I told them, if this, if I can't pull it off, I'm going to give you a jump cut version that's still going to be wild and crazy and great, you know. But of course, in the back of my mind, I, I, I was totally aiming for the one take. We had money to do it three times, the entire thing, and it's kind of expensive, you know. I mean, um, we had a pretty regular size crew and team, and you know, we had to have, obviously, if you shoot the entire film in one take, you have to have all the locations, all the actors, all the extras, it all has to be there one night. You know, you have one first AD and you have a cavalry of second ADs. You have three sound crews that alternate between the sets because we also boomed the film for, for great sound. And uh, that's a pretty big enterprise for a small film. I think the core rehearsal we did, we, we cut the film down into like 10 pieces, like 10, 10 minute pieces. So for one night, we would shoot the first 10 minutes of the film in, a, in one take. Like she dances, goes outside the club, meets the boys, walks down the street, gets some beer, parties a little bit, cut. And then we would do that again. We would do that throughout the night, probably like eight times, always in one take. So um, it was more that the guy, I told the, the guys and Liar what the scene is about, but I never told them what the lines were. You know, this was based on 12 pages because I believe that I wanted to do this in an oral way, you know, verbally. You know, I think one of the guys early on, he said, oh, I didn't get the 12 pages, you know, and I was furious and talked to my production, said, why didn't he get, you know, the script? I think he did this film without even reading the 12 pages. I, I didn't read. You didn't read it either? Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. This week, one shot, one take. We're talking about movies that are filmed with one camera in one continuous take from beginning to end, of which there are very, very few. As it turns out, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I know that that would be a really hard thing to do, but when this topic came up, I thought, oh, you know, like... Steven Soderbergh must have one of those. Uh, you know, we, we talk about some of the artier filmmakers. I figured there would be more one-shot, one-take movies, like commercially released features we're talking about, not shorts or anything like that. Um, there aren't very many at all, and the vast majority are foreign language. I, I found like one American true, legit one-shot, one-take movie from like the year 2000. Everything else was foreign, and uh, as far as horror, there is like even fewer there was like uh two iranian movies i'm kind of intrigued there's an iranian filmmaker who's made two one shot one take horror movies but neither of them are available um that i could find online there's a uh, an indian one shot one take horror movie that was made twice in two different like indian languages that is not available anywhere either so um pretty interesting stuff there are more movies there's still not too many more of these but there are more movies that are uh 
presented to feel like one shot, one take. That's the key. Presented that, as. But even that, there aren't that many. There is um, Birdland or Birdman would be the big one from 2017 Academy Award winning Best Picture starring Michael Keaton. I didn't realize that. Th- I haven't seen it, but that's presented as one shot, one take. And they did a lot of one take stuff, but they still pieced it together. We talked about um, Irreversible, Gaspar Noe film. That looks like one take as does uh, one of his other movies, uh, Enter the Void. Um, so there's there's stuff like that, and we're actually we're going to talk about one of those, and we're going to talk about a legit one. Oh, we talked about One Cut of the Dead, Japanese horror movie. Legit, one shot, one take. Mm-hmm. Remember that mm-hmm. one? Yep. Um, so this week we're going to talk about one real one shot, one take, and one that is presented as one shot, one take. And we're starting, uh, again, with a foreign film. This is a, a German movie from 2015 called Victoria. Yes, Victoria is the story of a young Spanish woman named Victoria uh, who's recently moved to Berlin and she just goes out on the town one night and her uh, flirtatious ways lead her to a local guy and his friends who she starts hanging out with, dancing, Um, and then it very much devolves into this like, this scene that uh, anyone who's like pulled an all-nighter with people they don't know would definitely relate to this movie and <laughs> the way that it's shot like the the time of day it's shot between 4 a.m and 7 a.m and it like you feel by the end of this movie you feel like there's like grime under your fingernails like you've been up yes. all night yes you feel like your your finger is brown from smoking too many cigarettes it's very grimy I love all uh, like European movies that feature like grimy ass dudes uh, in track suits yes. that will do anything <laughs> yeah. for a buck. Yes, there's techno with European techno. We've talked yes. about that. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Victoria is very much that. Uh, it's got this real like gritty, like street feel to it. Uh, I watched this uh, during uh, when I had COVID and I absolutely loved it. Um, it's easy to get. It's easy to forget that it's a one shot until you realize how stressed out you are during the movie because you feel like you're there if you really immerse yourself into this movie and you, and you pay attention. Uh, the perspective of the camera makes you feel as though you are, you know, the fifth wheel of this group and uh, you're experiencing everything they're experiencing. Yes. And uh, it, it, it plays out, it's a little slow. I would say the first hour is quite slow but necessary because of the realism uh, that comes with the, the one-shot movie. And I'm all about, uh, you know, uh, German. This is not horror. This is just like a crime thriller. Um, but um, it's horrific. It's scary. It's like straight-up scary because you feel like you're in this group of hooligans uh, uh, getting into this trouble. And uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, Well, this came out in 2015, uh, directed by Sebastian Schipper. Um, And I hadn't seen it till this year, but it's one of my favorite movies that I had seen this year. Uh, And it was kind of overlooked, like a lot of film festivals, because a lot of people didn't believe that it was actually one shot. It's one of the few movies ever done that is completely and honestly one shot. And it has a great feel. Um, they did this on the third take of, uh, of filming this. 
and it's like one of the most natural movies ever. It's one of like one of my all time like most commendable like film achievements. Uh, the cinematography in this is amazing. Not only is it one shot, but like there's not a single shot in this whole movie that I would disagree with. Uh, if you had the chance to set up each shot individually and take all your time, I thought they made great choices with the dialogue, with the characters, um, and the cinematography. That's that's pretty much what this week is about. I would say is like cinematographers kind of stunting. Um, but I love Victoria. Uh, what do you think? I'm in love with Victoria. <laughs> I love this movie so much. <laughs> I gave this two spins, and this is almost two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're trying to get away with 85 minutes and calling it a feature. This is a long-ass movie. I, honestly, I, I'm stunned by this movie. And uh, you mentioned that it's not a horror movie, but this is on Shudder. And this is one of the things that I love about Shudder, which I think is the best streaming platform there is. If I had to get rid yes. of everything, if I could only keep one, I would keep Shudder. And this is one reason, because... Horror is my favorite. Like, I would always rather watch a horror movie. If you can show me a horror movie, a good horror movie, ideally, but it doesn't have to be, that's always my first pick. But, like, my second favorite uh, type of movie is just, like, a, a dark, weird, naturalistic, fucked-up foreign movie. And, and Shudder knows that. Shudder knows that if I'm not watching a horror movie, I, they, they have stuff, all kinds of stuff in there that's just like, okay, this is a fucked up foreign movie. Or they know us. Yeah, they know us. They, they know us. They know what we want. So, okay, it's not like genre horror, capital H, but if you're into Shudder and you're into this kind of stuff, you probably like this movie. You want to feel uncomfortable right now. Exactly. Let us help you. And maybe depressed afterwards <laughs> and stressed out. Yeah. So, <sighs> um, But I never would have, you know, this isn't one that... I maybe had seen the the thumbnail browsing through, but I don't think so. Uh, right away, first thing, you get that techno music. You get the strobe light in the club. You get people dancing. I, right away, I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. And I had been skeptical, too, because, Kevin, you mentioned it wasn't horror. And I was like, ah, what is this, Dave? And then I saw it was on Shutter, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's totally fair. And, yeah, we let Dave, totally we let Dave have one I was of his artsy fartsy I was ready. this week. Mm -hmm. I was so ready. <laughs> and I, le I left and started looking it up, and I was like, oh, we didn't we didn't push Dave enough. I was we ready literally to come sat here. here last week and let Dave just be like, ah, Victoria. And we were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was skeptical. But then the first thing I saw was German, two and a half hours. And I was like, Hmm, okay, <laughs> that might be interesting. And then I saw Shudder, and then I was in. So right away, it pulled me in just with the whole opening, and it's so naturalistic. It's right up my alley. Um, you definitely feel like you're just one of these hooligans. You, the way that it's shot, because e even though it's one shot and, and one take, it's not trying to do it in one location. Like the easiest way would obviously be yeah. just to do it in a cabin or or do whatever. It's like all over the city. So you're not stationary the whole time. You're you're moving the whole time. Um, and I thought the actors were incredible in this. They did this with no script. They were just told what the scene is. And they're like improving. They they rehearsed it a lot. They did like 10 minute rehearsal takes and they did like, you know, we can talk about that. They did three complete takes, but I'm so impressed. With all of the actors in this, um, Laia Costa plays Victoria. She was actually, she was in a movie called Piercer. Anybody see Piercer? I haven't, but I noticed that Nicholas Pesci, who did Eyes of My Mother, and he did the 2021 Grudge, he did Piercing. Okay, yeah. And that stars um, Christopher Abbott from Possessor. 
and oh, okay. Mia Wasikowska, which some people may know from Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton. Some of us may know from uh, the Guillermo del Toro movie, uh, Crimson Tide. Um, but yeah, I was like, how did I not know about this? I, yeah, I wanted to see Piercer. I would have watched it, but it's only been a few days since we've been in here because the way our schedules <laughs> yeah, have worked, yes. I feel like we're still, this is one shot, one take from last week. So I didn't get to Piercer, but that looks interesting. Kat, I would love to know what you thought of Victoria. Um, I thought it was a very interesting movie. Mm, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not starting well. It's it, different. It reminded me of Climax. Um, very much. Very which I now. also didn't like as a film. <laughs> you didn't say you didn't like this one yet. I did not like this movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, obviously, the one-shot thing is crazy impressive. Um, they go to so many different locations and run around. So the fact that it was done in just the one go without you know faulting is just very mind-boggling to me. Very very cool in that aspect it's just anything i didn't like about the movie felt overshadowed by the skill that i think the filmmakers showcased making the movie however i just couldn't get into the subject matter of this one personally it simultaneously felt like boring to me but also stressful at the same time which was very weird like i was half falling asleep but like half stress dreaming about the movie, like while I was trying to watch it. Um, I think the stress itself came from the camera one shot situation because it made you feel like you were with the people, like you said, like running around, like in the thick of it, in this little crime situation, um, heisting and whatnot. But also it stressed, what stressed me out uh, was trying to figure out like the sinister, the sinister situation that I knew this woman was eventually going to be in. Yes, you know it's coming. You don't know yeah. what it is. It, ta- it takes a while. You're like, all right, what um, fucked yeah, we're up like thing 30 is going to happen? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh no, they took her bike. Like, what are they going to do to her kind of a situation? I thought it was going to be a weird sexual assault revenge thing right um to be honest so that like preemptively stressed me out and i was just kind of waiting for that moment but you know happily for me that moment didn't come um it definitely turned into that crime thriller thing which is kind of it i mean like that's not really my genre like i don't really care about you know it's like i could could go watch oceans 11 i guess if i wanted to is oceans 11 on shutter but like nobody gets shot in oceans 11 hot takes um what i did like though is that she uh, definitely seems like she's going to be the victim and she for sure is at first like you're waiting for that moment um and then when she you know kind of gets roped into this situation but like she kind of seems like she wants to do it like she seems like pretty ready easy, to hang out with friends i would have been like nah man i gotta make cappuccinos in the morning like i'm all set like get your friends out of my weird coffee shop um but then you see her take a turn and kind of take hold of this new persona that she's you know been thrust upon especially when they enter that apartment building um and kind of you know take the baby um and then more so at the end you know when you see her walking away and you're like oh shit she's a baddie now so i liked that character second half yeah second half is very it's very i just thought the movie, you know, it was very long. I feel like it could have been done 
in a much shorter time frame and still been as effective as they wanted it to be. Um, but I did like her character arc. I thought that was probably the most interesting part to the me. The cameraman's at the chiropractor right now. He's and you're like, oh, the movie could have been shorter. <laughs> we had to do this three times. And he's like, I can't walk anymore. Um, I, I could... I could maybe give it another watch for sure for the cin- cinematography and like I think I could give it another chance but I just eh eh I hated this movie <gasps> yes the, what? Fir- the first time I watched it oh uh, yeah I thought and we were going to be it, in solidarity no, I was just trying to be mysterious <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah, that was trying <laughs> to go for that <laughs> trying to go for that like, finally, yeah. oh, I didn't like this God. movie I loved it <laughs> I, I love I love this movie great and it's interesting listening to Dave talk about it watching it in COVID when he's completely isolated from anybody uh, any other human it was like a cat. social event for me watching exactly. this because it feels like going you out said, you said that earlier we were talking about it and you were like oh, I felt like I was hanging out with him the whole time and then Kat you're like I was like too stressed out I was falling asleep and I, I it's a movie that you have to experience in the right way so the first time I watched it I was being a bad movie watcher I was working and I was not paying attention I was on my phone I was on my laptop I was taking calls I probably wasn't even pausing it because I saw that it was two hours and 18 minutes and was like what could I possibly miss and like going outside for a minute and I was texting Trent and I was like man this is like no we let, good we, I was like we let Dave <laughs> no get good. us it's like we let Dave get us this week you got week. me wound up I'm like yeah. god damn it Dave that <laughs> But I also, knowing the contrarian Trent, I was like, I probably wound him up and got his brain aligned to be like, I'm going to love this movie or I'm going to watch this in the right frame of mind. So he hit me back and he was like, man, this is like one of the best things I've watched in like a while. And I was like, I would very rarely take two hours and 18 minutes out of my time twice. Again, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it like justice because... Again, as I'm researching it, I was like, man, this is like legit. They really did this. Like they did a whole like 10 day shoot or something where they did like an official version of the movie because they were worried that they couldn't get the one take done and the studio would cut their funding. And so they had three chances to do it between the hours, like Dave said, of like 430 and 7 a.m. on like a couple different days. They fucked up the first one. Everyone was like too scared, as I would be. Uh, I, I heard like that you got to get. They would have been fine releasing any of the three. Is what I had read. I, I didn't read that. that they, sh- but ship ship says only the third one was good. Ship says that the first one, like you were saying, Kevin, everyone was scared, and then the second take, he said everyone went way crazy. over the top. Yeah, and, and then the crazy. third one was like, uh. like got it. Yeah. So I think knowing some of that stuff, and then maybe starting to appreciate it, and then again sitting down myself and paying attention. And watching it and and having some dialogue with you guys and understanding like the gravity of exactly what was done cinematically. This is one of the this is one of the greatest movies we've ever watched on the show. It's stunning. It's a stunning achievement. I, I still can't believe that this actually works. Maybe not content wise, Kat, you just rolled your eyes so I, I, hard. The at ceiling. Me. Like, I'm no just one admiring can see the drop this, like, ceiling. I literally just sat <laughs> back you. because Kat's eye roll made me like physically move away from her. <laughs> but in terms of what they accomplished, and when you think about like Trent, you said like a twelve page script that was just setups and scenes and all the dialogue. It's so amazing. It's so natural and you nailed it, Cat. Like watching Victoria's character arc over the movie. Typically, we get to watch that 
in one and two minute scenes that directors and actors get to set up and like do over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. She has to do this continuously for two hours and 18 minutes. And the most powerful part of this movie is the last 20 minutes. And it's all on her and, and partially on Sone. And what if she had just like fucked up one thing? Like that to me, like watching this, I was like, Oh well, my, the, and how powerful the ending is. The hotel scene is insane. The hotel scene, but and then the last scene of the movie when she's just walking away and the cinematographer finally just gets to sit there with one shot mm-hmm. and watch her walk away. I'm like, that dude must be so fucking tired. <laughs> and she must be so happy, like thinking about I how, just nailed that. how yeah. happy <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's like, we got it. We did it. Oh, yeah. Um, and and then again, we talk about how it's not like a horror movie. Uh, and we always talk about that on the show. It's like, evil, but it's scary. It's, it's evil. scary. It's evil in, in the decisions you can make in a two and a half hour time period that could completely change your life. In our lifetime, we could experience something like this as horror. The chances of mm-hmm. a guy with an axe coming after us is highly <laughs> unlikely. But, but getting mixed that. up with some dudes, at, like when you're drunk at night. She's apparently moved to Berlin from Spain. She's out drinking. She meets these guys. She totally is just like, it's four o'clock in the morning. I, I got to open my cafe tomorrow. And they're like, let's go drink on the roof. Then she discovers that Boxer maybe had a little business dealings. He just um, got, yeah. So they're kind of part of, she hits it off with Sonny and they're flirting it up. And the, the, Sone. Sone, sorry. Uh, the night kind of like, it, their night kind of starts to wind down. The boys kind of leave. She's got to open the cafe in a few hours. She's just going to stay there. But then they come back, and it turns out that um, Boxer, who just got out of prison, uh, he had some favors done for him in prison, some protection, whatever, some cigarettes. And now- Some cigarettes. He has to- uh, well, The guy says, the bad, the crime boss says at one point, like, ah, you don't have any money for cigarettes when I knew you, but now you, you're going to get me $10,000 in a week. So it turns out that Boxer has to repay some favors that he was uh, given on the inside. And that favor has to be repaid tonight- Right now, with all three, well, there were four guys, now there's three because one's passed out drunk, with all four of them, and Victoria has to drive, and they're going to go rob a bank. Even when you find out, even when they go to the parking garage, they meet with the guys, and all that, it's stressful and everything, but there's still really not any conflict. Like, the moment when the conflict starts, and you're like part of it, and you get that adrenaline, like, you did something wrong is when the car stalls. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, She's the getaway it's driver. Horrible. They go into the bank to do this, and they're ready, and as soon as they go in, the car stalls. And Oh, my God. That scene is amazing. From there on, it is totally intense. And this, is, this movie reminded me, like you said, Climax... It's. It seems very French. It reminds me of like French movies. It reminds me of uh, La Haine. Irreversible. It, it definitely irreversible. I don't know if you guys know La Haine, that was like Vincent Cassell's first movie. It's a French movie. I don't know if I've seen that. It's just grimy, like just street kids hanging out. But I always love like uh, the movie that uh, was a Shutter movie. Uh, Tigers are not afraid. Kind of had the same kind of vibe. It's just like streets of some city and street kids yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. getting into trouble and yeah. with mixing up with gangsters yeah yeah and i will say i think one of the 
it's right off the bat, like as soon as the movie starts, it kind of sets up her character a bit is when she's in the club by herself, just like kind of shaking it off. And she tries to like buy the bartender a yes, drink. I love you know that. what I mean? Which is like, she's like for you. If he speaks Swedish, which yeah. is weird because she's Spanish. So yeah. I wonder if that's like a subtitle. Said add another language. To this yeah. Movie. They're like, throw another one in. Um, but I thought that was super endearing. It kind of just shows that. how lonely she is right. in this town. Right. And that's why yes. she was like, yeah, I'll hang out with these four random guys that couldn't even get into the club. Why not? Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, So I feel like that was like a good way to set up, you know, why she was hanging out with these four strangers. I, lo- I loved when she tries to buy the bartender a shot. And yeah. he's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, this, oh, I've, this scene I've been here that bartender. Where they, go to the, they go to the general store and they're going to get beer and the guy's asleep at the counter and he says that he's friends with a guy. He's going to pay him tomorrow, whatever. So like the crime is like slowly there's hints. happening yeah yes. and yes. she's a little bit more in you get to see like her investment in just having a good time with these guys and going with the flow uh and i've very much gotten caught up in that kind of thing before so maybe that's why this movie was so terrifying to me because of the bad choices i could make just hanging out in a city like if i went to berlin and i met these guys like oh these guys are cool they're my new friends blinker what's up yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I also thought that, that that was disarming to me is that everyone had a weird name it's funny that you say that dave because one of the things that this movie reminded me of the whole thing uh was some of the gigs that you and i have done i don't know if this even ties in but uh the last tour that trent and i went on together we were dead broke we had a hard time cashing checks because like you had an expired ID and everything was written out to you. So we had like no money. We couldn't get anything. We were just like in dire need. And one night I got really drunk and hung out with these strangers all night long. These guys went oh back to God. the hotel. I went out by myself. When I woke up in the morning, I had a fist full of money. I had $350 in my fist. And I had no idea how I'd gotten it. I picture a night much like Victoria. <laughs> Like I have no idea that how I got that. That was the vibe, money. and then we were like, "Woo, all right." <laughs> how did Starbucks? How bitches. did your body feel? Uh, my anus was great. My sphincter was still very uh, elasticy and taut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot. A lot of this um, is. I think I robbed a bank with three hundred for three hundred and fifty bucks. You robbed a Starbucks. It's not a very good robbery. You, you, Starbucks, <laughs> you robbed a Starbucks, not a bank. Yeah, maybe I did. Uh, a lot of this is the actors. It's an amazing cast. You've got a small cast, obviously, because you're doing a single shot. So you've got, Trent mentioned, Laia Costa is Victoria. Frederick Lau plays Sone, who is sort of like the the main dude here. Uh, Franz Brigowski plays Boxer. And he was in Happy End by Michael Haneke, Trent. I didn't know if you that was a Haneke movie you had Happy caught. End. Oh, I have not seen that one. Uh, Max Mouth plays, let's talk about this. Is it Foot or Foos? I thought it was uh, Foos. Okay. But it's hard he to tell. He ends up being a small character, but a very pivotal part of the story. Yes, because that's how Victoria gets roped in, because he And that's right, how they end drunk. up in the shit at the end right. as well. Um, you've got Blinker. Barack Yigit is Blinker, which all the names in this are fantastic. I mean... Uh, but the actors themselves, like just thinking about what they went through, trying to get through two hours and 18 minutes of steady footage and having to constantly talk to each other and interact with each other and knowing that this was the third and final take the studio would fund 
and it's also 4.30 in the morning and who knows what their schedules were like leading up to it. I thought that was another thing like watching this. Like I think if you go into this, you have to know all these things or you're not going to appreciate the movie as much. And again, I said I watched it a little bit distracted, but I also didn't really understand the gravity of what the people involved in this movie had done. And then watching it and knowing that. And then paying attention to things that we usually talk about when we when we discuss a movie in depth is, you know, one, the cinematographer that we're talking about, Sterla Bronth Grovlin. He's won many awards. <clears throat> Most of the stuff that I looked up, I, I, I've never seen. Looks like a lot of foreign stuff. He won a lot of awards for this movie. But then the music. You think about something like this, like we're typically watching like a if not a Hollywood budget, like a studio budget movie. And we're thinking about like how it's scored and how it's paced. Um, I thought that Niels Fromm, who did the music in this, was amazing. Yep, I agree. Both movies yep. we'll talk about have very sparse music, but it's also very effective. And he's he's a musician that, again, I love finding out that like uh, a filmmaker hired a musician to score a movie not not a composer let's let's differentiate the two i think for the first time on the show like, there's a difference between like an indie musician and a composer somebody who has trained themselves to do compositions for a film and somebody that's like no i make music all the time for various different things and nils Fromm, who did the music in this he typically t- uses things like grand piano upright piano a rolling June 60, a Rhodes, uh, a Moog Taurus, which is like the foot-operated Moog uh, that they were making for a while, and drum machines. like, And you would never know that listening to this movie because he's so subtle and he's so deliberate in how he does the music to this. But, you know, it's easy to get caught up in uh, the single shot and the length of the movie and what they accomplish, but then you start to think about people that put in some of the finishing touches on it and sort of wrap this thing up, and it makes it even more impressive. And then you have to think, too, about sound design and ADR and Foley and things that we'll get into a lot more in the next movie. They're not things they could do for this film because it was literally four and five actors running around with one cinematographer, the director running behind them and screaming directions at them, jumping in the trunks of cars. Boom mic. Uh, yeah, it's... For it's audio. All yeah, the audio. It's, you can hear everything they say. It's very impressive. And it, Kat, it is very stressful. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he did have... Um, Ship did have uh, a, a, a fleet of, as he described it, or a, a cavalry of assistant directors. So he had like... And, and they had three uh, sound crews. So they had three different crews with the boom to be ready at different locations. And then he had his assistant directors also. It's so insane to just to think about how, how this was done because it's so good. Like, it's not just that that makes it good. Like, it's so good just as a movie to me, like either way, even if it wasn't done that way, I would still love this movie. But Kat, you liked it. It's just totally nuts. You liked it. You like this She movie. didn't like it. It stressed you out. It made you feel things, but you must have liked it. You know it. what? Sometimes I would like to not feel anything. Don't I feel enough? <laughs> I think that's why I just said you can appreciate it. You don't have to like it. Yeah, and I think I've gotten that point across. That. Yeah, I, I appreciated it. That's not me like telling you how to feel. I'm saying I, I watched this I like movie. I know. To you that this is the greatest movie like of all it. time. <laughs> Speaking of the music, the only part that I thought was a little... 
less than the only part that kind of took me out a little bit and maybe only because i know a little bit about like playing piano when when she and uh sone are in the cat i the love that part cafe it's a no it's a great scene and i love her whole her backstory is that she is a musician and she used to live at a conservatory and she talks about how it's a, such a weird environment socially because you have these sort of like sort of like comrades they're all at the conservatory doing music but at the same time they're all your competitors they're almost like you're only you're all fighting to to get very few jobs very much so. explains why she gets herself into this situation right mm-hmm. because right. she's so socially uh deprived that right but but then um she there's a p- piano of course in the in the little um coffee shop and so Sony asks her to to like play and she just launches into like the most crazy classical piano thing like <laughs> no modesty whatsoever like all of a sudden out of nowhere no, he's playing but, but to he, pull he, that he off plays in the some, one shot he plays some dumb stuff he just he like clicks on her into it yeah like, yeah for sure and yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. her playing the piano no I just like, that part was it like it looked like it Yes, and they trained for that for sure. Which, mm-hmm. Again, which is that's impressive. hard to do in the one shot. It just was. I would have used a slightly more um, modest piece of music. It was for, like so, it was it so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the only time I was like, wait a minute, jeez. I love that scene, and and I'm not going to take credit for this. Like I was reading like IMDb, and uh, somebody had noticed that when they walk into the cafe where she is supposed to be opening it, that Sone walks in and says, "Oh, what a nice hotel." And he oh meant to really? Say what, and then he and he laughs because he's drunk, and says, oh, "I mean, what a nice cafe." But he was thinking about where the they later were gonna later wind on, up. yeah, because there are three or four languages in this movie, because she Victoria is Spanish and these guys are German, but the only neither of them speak the other's language, but they all speak English, English. enough English to get by. So they're going back and forth, like when the guys are talking to each other. Speaking in and German, fired up, right? But yeah. when Victoria is talking to them and they're talking to her, they're using English, and none of them are first language English. I have speakers. friends. So that's in funny that that Berlin happened. that no, tell me I, that there's a lot of English spoken there. They don't speak any German. They don't speak any other yeah. languages. They so that that was English. like the but common. What I was language. saying is like I think he was screwing up. I wasn't yeah. talking about the language thing. No, but you wouldn't know he said hotel unless he was speaking English. He was. I'm saying you wouldn't. The only reason you know he fucked up is because he said it in English. Oh, right, right. Yes. That was that's what I was. And saying. the other the other mess up that I had read about was that when they get in the cab, they both get in the same door of the cab, but you hear two doors shut. Wow. And it's because the camera <laughs> guy did not was getting in the, in the front cab. Seat. He was getting in the How front seat with um, the cabbie. And we, when we were watching that today, we noticed that part. But uh, like, good job. Like, if that's all you fucked mm-hmm. up on, like, very good. There was one thing that actually kind of worked narratively i thought at the very end when victoria walks out of the hotel room because there's a camera guy behind her she has to just leave the door open so she just like walks out leaves the door open but at that point in the film this is the very end it kind of makes sense i thought she was doing it to leave the door open because she had called the ambulance for sone even though right right um but you're right no i think you may be more right i i think i was so caught up in the emotion of the moment like she was like well, I called the ambulance, like they're on the way. I didn't tell them what room we're in. I was just like that caught up in Lyakasa's performance. I think you may be more right, Trent, from a logistical perspective. She was probably like, I can't shut the door because there's a camera guy behind me. And just going back to like her whole like backstory in the conservatory, it was it very much gave me just her character in general gave me some very big black swan vibes for sure. Yeah. 
Mm. Like her yeah. competing against all these people and not really having any, having any friends. And then like that moment when you're like, is she going to be the villain? Is she going to be the crazy one? Because there was definitely that moment where I'm like, is she, she's just like, she's going to be the baby scene. Also oh, the baby man. scene. I mean, I yeah. talked about it before. Oh, like that's man. when you realize... Because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like guns blazing. She's just coming up and being like, this is what's going down. I'm like, where'd this fucking bitch come from? What is she fucking But we also But we also haven't talked about the fact that like when they went on this mission, they were forced to take a bunch of drugs. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I kept thinking They're about that on my second viewing. <laughs> and then we were watching up. it here before the show. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. How long do those drugs take to wear off? Like... <laughs> Two hours does. and 18 minutes. <laughs> or that has happened to like an hour and 14 minutes. So it's like... Yeah, the crime boss gives them all, but gets them all high first. I appreciated that. Again, uh, you know, music tour vibes uh, <laughs> on that. <Yeah. laughs> um, that final scene in this, when the birds are chirping, you feel like you are doing a walk of shame yourself. You have been out all night in some city and here come the birds and here comes the sun and it's that long shot but even before that like the there's a a scene that she gives in the hotel room where there's just snot and drool and like I was just thinking DNA the whole time that's happening I'm just like (laughs) DNA I mean this was 2015 like (laughs) fingerprints DNA like I think we would like to think that she walks away from this but I, I that's think that's the question. There's a yeah. yeah there's a that's sequel the here. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that I, not that I want to see it. Franchise. Yeah. Um, but that scene that she gives, and then there's a moment where she stops, and again, the cinematographer is so great, and her eyes just sort of like widen, and she has this realization that you're watching in real time, and she kind of clinically goes through the rest of the motions, has some proper emotions, gets out of the room and does the walk away. It's one of like the five or six best minutes of like an, an actor giving a performance that I've seen to me. She was like knowing it's in real time. She was a mix between like Bjork and Anya Joy Taylor. Anya Taylor. Joy. Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm dyslexic. (laughs) Mary Masterson Stewart. <laughs> one take. Are you going to stop it? Don't stop it. It's one take. This week, we also watched uh, the Chris Kentis and Laura Lau film from 2011 titled Silent House, which was a remake from, I believe, a 2010 film from somewhere else. Uruguay. Uruguay. Nice. Sarah is working with her father and uncle to renovate an old family home to prepare it for sale. Long vacant, the house has no utilities, forcing the trio to rely on... Uh, battery-operated lanterns to light their way. Sarah becomes separated from her relatives and soon finds she is trapped inside the house with no way to contact the outside world. 
panic turns to real terror as the young woman experiences events that become increasingly ominous. This movie was awful. At first, I was kind of into it because I thought maybe all some spooky ghost shit's going to go down and that's going to be fun. And then I was absolutely severely disappointed. When the ending happened, I was just confused. Uh, So, so, so confused. We go this whole movie thinking that something supernatural is happening and then out of fucking nowhere... It's like, boom, molested. All right? Um, <laughs> boom, molested. Boom, molested. Can we just Spoiler, go one... Right, right from the get-go? Don't care. Can we just go one week without having to watch a movie with some some form of sexual assault in it? It's horrific. It's horrific, all right. But is this, is this horror now? Like, this is horror. Like, you have to have sexual assault in it it sucks cheap thrills this was absolutely cheap thrills just coming out of nowhere to try and like have some sort of plot i don't understand it just came out of nowhere and it's it was kind of like that my bloody valentine which i liked no that was good i thought i liked my bloody valentine but in that movie it's like you're following this character and seeing all these things but then all of a sudden they rewind and they're like just kidding none of that kind of happened and that's kind of how i felt like they did us in this one. Spoiled obvi- two movies. Well, okay, everybody yes. calm down. What's happening? Listen, What's happening right now? No one's even, we haven't even talked about it. Um, it made no sense. I did not like that. Um, anyway. You had a bad week this week. I didn't have a great week. But um, that's Sorry, one of the issues, I guess. It was honestly just really fucking boring, really repetitive just over and over, like, every five minutes, just, ah! and then run, 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 ah! run, 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 like, closet, ah! like, I can't, <laughs> it's like, in the cinematography, oh my fucking god, it was like we were watching a shitty reality TV show meets the Blair Witch, it was fucking so stupid, I couldn't stand it, um, obviously, obviously, so much terribly less well done than victoria so at least victoria had that going for it that it had you're a, almost admitting that you liked victoria a little bit comparatively victoria was like not hard after you watch this piece of shit i definitely wasn't hard after watching this piece of shit oh so anyway i hated it um wouldn't ever want to watch it again i feel like this movie was made for no reason it was terrible Cat's going into a three-week hiatus right now. <laughs> I am. And I what feel send like off. you just got a lot off your chest. <laughs> I did. I'm questioning like how, how much of this was. That's when all these movie directors just come after us. She's going to be on how vacation. Much, or how much of it was you being like, can you guys just fuck off? And I'm gone for three weeks. Oh, come on. I don't want you to fuck off. I kid. You better. Everything you just said is 100% right. Thank you. I still like this movie. You would, you fucking. <laughs> um, we should point out that this week is one shot, one take. Uh, yeah, we should point out that and this, this is, isn't. It's yeah. not. Mm-mm. It's not. It was marketed as such. Every was, 15 minutes? It was like every 10, 13 to 15 minutes. Tell the people at home what ha- how this, this was marketed and then how they got busted. Because the cameras they were filming it on could only film for up to 15 minutes. That's right. Oh. So if you well, notice, well, well. unlike 
Victoria that we just talked about. In this one, if you watch, there are tons of cinematography, camera tricks. Yes. Uh, you can kind of tell points where... You it- can tell where they were going to edit it together. I like it. I, I like the fact that it's... Uh, eventually, they came clean and said, no, we're presenting it. It's presenting. Presenting it. it. It's the same thing as based on true events. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Yes. However, Elizabeth Olsen is awesome in this. She's very talented. She does have to do the same thing over and over again. She does have to do what I'll try to recreate what you guys did. <laughs> oh, shriek. No. I think she does it well. Daddy. Horrible. Princess. Let's talk about that. Um, so, so basically what you have is Elizabeth Olsen's character, Sarah, is showing up at her family's old summer home. And they are closing it up. Or, I'm sorry, it's closed up. It has no power. It's boarded up. Mm-hmm. And they're going to clean it out so that they can sell it. She shows up with her dad and her uncle. And things are weird right away. You have situations where... Uh, her dad and uncle don't seem to get along. The uncle leaves. The dad stays. They have some weird interactions. The dad, you hear a noise where the dad falls, you think? Because the camera follows Olsen the entire movie. Her face and her boobs. The entire movie. That's all the camera's focused on. Everything else is out of focus. The three most important things in this movie. Yep. One face, two boobs. Yes. <laughs> A hundred percent. You go through 25 minutes of her being trapped in the house. She gets out of the house. She re-encounters the uncle coming back to the house. Tells him things are weird in the house. She then inexplicably goes back into the house. You re-experience 20 more minutes of her looking for the uncle instead of her dad. And then you get a big twist ending. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, every- uh, twist, really? I mean, I that's mean, generous. I un- that is I understand. Generous. I guess it, technically it is. A tw- you're right. It is a twist. It is a twist. Yeah, of course. Um, I liked this when I first saw it, but I honestly had no memory of the ending. Like I was like, I, I, I remember being totally duped at oh, one shot, one take. I didn't know the Olsen twins had a sister. This is all very exciting, like new information to me. You can do a movie in one take. The Olsen twins have a sister. Wow. Let's check this out. And I liked it. And I didn't remember anything about it until I watched it this week. And I was not. It doesn't hold up that well. Um, But I honestly, I do kind of dig it for Olsen's performance. And even knowing that it's a fake one take movie. I like the way they explained everything they did. Everything it's still tough. Like if you, we should talk about movies that do like long takes. Uh, yeah, I like, was going to bring that. Up. I, I think I still think that's impressive if you do the whole movie in fifteen minute takes. But it's kind of yeah. like okay, well, once you're lying about the one shot, then like were they all fifteen minute takes? Like how much you know. You've already one covered one lie. How many more? This is I a mean, house I of saw lies. Some <laughs> interviews with Olsen where she was like admitting, like you know, hey, here's how it was. I also never realized that this was that Chris Kentis and Laura Lau that you mentioned, Kath, that directed this. 
They did open water. Yes. I've, I've, st- we just talked about this. I've never seen open water. It's, it literally feels like anxiety to me. It is. Um, and I thought maybe like they were like one trick ponies that like found these ways to do these like anxiety ridden films. But this is pretty much all they've ever done. Like, I could find one other movie that they've done. Um, but a- a- anyway, I can agree with every single thing you guys are about to say that you hate this movie for. And I can also tell you, I still liked it. Um, I definitely fell prey to Elizabeth Olsen's charms. And I was like, oh, wow, there's another Olsen sister. This is the first time I had been introduced to the other Olsen sister. Wait, she's, she's really... Wait, she's really a sister? I thought you were kidding about no, that. No, no, no. Mary-Kate She's Nashley the younger. Oh, she's the younger one. I had Elizabeth no idea. The other one. Oh, I thought that was a bad joke. No, no You were doing no. it again. It's a real no, joke. It's real. God, I had a bad joke? Oh, wow. And, and she's actually a very, very good actress. She's in we'll a bunch of later. great thrillers. Uh, she's an old boy. The American remake of Old Boy, which she's I think with Wanda Josh Brolin. She's off in the MCU. Despite, she's the Scarlet Witch that. in the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe. And... Uh, she's pretty captivating on Instagram as well, but I feel like the first time I saw this movie, I was dazzled by the charms of Elizabeth Olsen and by like, oh my God, they did all these like long one shots, but you know what? The long one shots in this are not remarkable. No. They're just average. And like one of you guys compared it to like reality TV. And yep. it almost yep. has that it has that vibe to it uh, that uh, Victoria had these amazing long shots that were crazy and very ambitious. I feel like this is a collection of the most basic shots you yep. have following a, a very charismatic actress around. Um, and you know, you can get sucked into it from that. So, like, while you're watching the movie, it's an enjoyable watch. You know, I watched a movie. It was entertaining for the two and a half hours I watched it. But um, would I ever watch it again? Whatever, recommend It's only like it 85 minutes. Whatever. 100, <laughs> 1,000 minutes. Those are the movies you picked, Dave. When you're like, <laughs> no, but let's just watch I, this casual movie that's like three hours and se- 70. Well, like what, three hours and however long minutes. it let's was, this movie seemed much longer than yeah, Victoria. That's true. True that. To me, uh, because uh, I thought I it was very I boring. I hated this character in particular, the Ugh. old friend that comes back, and she's got the cold shoulder, which I'm not a fan of, which is uh, women's clothing where just the shoulder is cut out. It was like a fad like in the last 10 years or whatever. She doesn't have it in this scene here, but she does later on, and it's a fashion trend that I really don't huh. like. I'm very uh, against it. He's really uh, worked up about well, it. I, I, I love the, the I love the one shoulder. Yeah. I like the one shoulder. I like a dress, maybe off one shoulder. Yeah, I thought that's that's what great. Meant. No, no, this whole can you stop cut telling in a shirt. Can you stop telling women how to dress? No, I can't. <laughs> Once again, uh, when, you, when you're a fashion <laughs> icon, mis- misogynistic waves <laughs> coming through. <laughs> No, I'm not mansplaining. Cover those shoulders. I'm just up. saying. I'm not. No, it's not about the shoulders at all. It's just about a. Uh, it's like the Johnny Depp crop top in Nightmare on Elm Street. Hey, it 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 Don't. encapsulates a certain period of time. Oh, okay. You're not and, anti and the this, crop. No, I'm not. 
I think we're all pro. We are crop all top. very pro. Okay, just making sure. Um, but I just, Not I just didn't love this movie. Um, I found uh, I was captivated by Elizabeth Olsen's performance. It was good, um, but it's literally the only thing that carries this movie. Uh, that I feel like the storyline uh, is weak. Uh, I even feel like the cinematography or something that's like put on a pedestal for cinematography. That's when you do the one shot, you're going for some high art. Uh, you're, you're shooting for something that's normally not done. Um, I feel like you got to go a little harder than this. Um, but there was, there was the, um, if we're going to be misogynistic, I, I wanted to talk about the, she does not get naked in this movie, but uh, her clothing is covered in blood, which I prefer to nudity, uh, preferably someone else's blood, uh, some sort of traumatic event uh, that happened where some blood spurted on some person and they have to go and they have to, uh, you know, it's hard to continue on. If I get blood on my outfit I'm wearing right now, you see it's all matching. I would be traumatized. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I would be like, oh my God, give me some soda water. I'm out of here. I need to get the stain out. <laughs> but she's not like that. She's covered in blood uh, the whole second half of the movie. Um, and that's something that I'm a kind of a sucker for. Uh, when you have a femme fatale in a movie or a final girl, when she gets to that point where she's just covered in blood. Uh, I like that. And I, th I feel like this movie hoodwinked me a little bit. Um, by introducing the other Olsen sister mm. and covering her in blood. But you, but it satisfied your male gaze. My gay males. Uh, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> but You've talked about how, um, like, in some movies, like, th the more somebody gets covered in blood and poop and mud and the whole time like the yeah. more the more attracted you yeah you are <laughs> it's true no. we, know, we know that that that's no secret yeah <laughs> i hated this movie oh absolutely hate this movie i will say the one thing i will say in this movie's defense um i think it definitely suffered for me um from being watched after i was immersed in victoria for two days like that movie blew me away, In and then contrast. and then yeah, and then the next day I was like, oh man, I need to see that again, and I'm like watching interviews with the director, and um, and then I have to sit down and watch this piece of shit, uh, <laughs> so fucking bad, the acting absolutely brutal, dialogue so bad. I mean, Olsen was fine. I don't think she delivered any kind of powerhouse performance to hang any movie on. She's kept going, ah, like that over and over and over and over and over every five or 10 minutes, as we discussed. Um, the father and the uncle, so bad. They can, I mean, th this is a movie that, and you know, this comes up sometimes for me where, like, I understand not everybody is going to write um, the most naturalistic sounding dialogue, the most realistic dialogue in, in their script. And, um, but I would think when, you, when you're filming someone and you're listening to them say this back to you, you'd say, that is really not believable. That is really awkward. Nobody talks like that. They wouldn't say that there. They wouldn't say it in that way. Like, why are people talking this way? It's so strange. Of course he wants to get back together with you, princess. 
Oh, every, every single thing, even like, you know, they try to give you little clues, like... <laughs> A clue in this movie is like when an anvil drops on the wily coyote. Or That's like a clue in this piano movie. Piano falls out a window. Yeah, uh, like there's the and, and uh, you know like the uncle is picking up these Polaroid pictures off the floor. This is the second time this happens, by the way. And uh, and she says, "Hey, what's that?" And he goes, oh, just some trash, garbage." And puts it in his pocket. Garb- like, we got to get this no, out of here. You just picked up ten Polaroids off the floor. It wasn't just trash. What? Yeah, but it's no, no. I'm there's sorry. Nothing more incriminating than a Polaroid. That would never. I just. It would not happen. It was so unrealistic. I also thought. Um, and I, I guess I looked up the age differences just to be sure, and I guess it is believable, but I didn't think that the dad and the uncle looked old enough or that she looked young enough to really sell. Mm-hmm. Did That seemed weird to was, me. I had to look weird? up that they were yeah. her elders. It, I was it like, could have, if you actually go by the actor and actress's age, it is it does work, but they don't look like they're far enough apart in age. I wasn't sure if she was his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It, when the movie first starts, I was like, what's going on here? This guy supposed to be your dad or something? I mean, just terrible. Let me just, uh, what else? Um, just sucked. Um, <laughs> hated, hated, hated this movie. Um, I haven't seen the original. When I first started watching this movie, I was regretting that I didn't have time to do any extra credit this week because I would have liked to have watched the original too. But now, after seeing this, um, just bad. Bad news. Yeah, not only was this movie terrible, it was also so weirdly paced. Like it was the same thing for like an hour. And then in like the last like 25 minutes, it was like boom, 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 boom. And it's like, what the, where, oh, what? She just like keeps out of running nowhere. out of the house and then going back in the house and then all of a sudden she can't get in the uh, she can't get out of the house. Like where did all the windows go? Uh, how many rooms does this house have? By the way, there's a basement with like a weird house ever. bed. Who's sleeping and, in the bed? And I don't you know. know, Victoria goes all over the town of Berlin, or the city of Berlin, uh, and this like is very stagnant in its location it's like just going from dark room to dark room they all look the same yes exactly. or they're outside by the swing you set you wonder how many not, more rooms all... there can be all they're doing is going from room to room like it wouldn't take that long to go through all the rooms in this house yeah. I mean this had a very rare F cinema score I, I, I <gasps> saw that when it came out <laughs> audiences rated this an F yeah <laughs> sometimes the people get it right you know well it was marketed as a single shot, which it was outed during even, I think, the marketing phase as not being so. But it was also marketed as, I think about when this came out in 2011, like we were in the middle of the aughts and supernatural horror, home invasion horror. It was marketed like that. It did remind me a little bit of The Strangers at times. At its best moments. Paranormal activity. At its best, yes, yes. It had all of this. There was some creepy imagery. Yeah, and like and and like the even the even the the cover yeah, of the, ring, the film even. with like uh, Elizabeth Olsen's face, like having one of her great like terror moments, and it was not that. So I think this is like a byproduct of a really lame period in horror, where like the audience wanted like just give us the obvious, give us the ghost or give us the stalker, give us the home invasion. So I do think you, you're you're all right. It suffered from watching this in tandem with Victoria, but also I think this is a better movie than you think it is if you take it out of the time that it was, how it was marketed, and 
Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, I watched maybe this. I'm, maybe I'm just fucking like wrong. There's no I right and wrong. There's just opinions. Yeah. What? I I watched this one before Victoria, and I still hated it. Oh, wow. Well, there goes that defense. Yeah. You, you did say, though, you said, like, home invasion, stalker, something else. Paranormal. Paranormal. It, it is like three or four genres in one. They are kind of trying to, like, have it about four different ways in they this movie. They were tricking people buying tickets into, into the theater. You, yeah, it kind of does a little bit of all of those things and, and adds it up to nothing, in my opinion. Cat, um, the, the room in the basement where the bed was, they talk about squatters have been in the house. So I think that's the explanation. But on were that. there really squatters, or was that also? I don't know why it took them like an hour to find that room. But I don't know because I mean, essentially, we're just Trent. When you do the synopsis for this episode, just be like a hundred percent spoilers. Uh, this uh, fuck this movie. I'm saying don't do, watch it. You do, <laughs> essentially spoilers. find out that nothing that we've been seeing is real. That's what I'm saying. So like, okay, what? let's so, let's talk about. The cheapness of that cat you mentioned. Come on now. That we get to the twist in this movie. Come on now, Kevin. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Like, let's just be honest. Like the the fact that like you discover nothing you've been seeing is real. There are plot holes there as well. Where, well, how do you explain why she saw the bed in the basement? I think it's because she's seeing. Like, because later in the movie, so essentially the entire movie is about her discovering she's been sexually molested by her father. Her uncle has watched it over these years at this summer house that they're they're trying to, like, clean out. And I think the bed in the basement is the pool table later on in the movie when she is fully realizing what happens. Mm, She probably wasn't molested on the bed in the basement or the pool table. She was probably just molested in her bedroom where when she, when she first goes in there with her father and he's like, why aren't you packing up this room? And it's probably cause that's where it happened. So yeah, you're in these uh, yeah, different sure, settings in the movies, sure. in the movie where she's like, okay, it didn't happen in the basement, but that's probably where she bludgeoned her dad. Good. And then in the pool table room, that's where like her uncle is and she bludgeons him and we get one of the best sequences of the movie with the Polaroid camera, which is, I thought that was pretty good. It was cheap. It was easy. It was a way for them to fake out the That was kind of the found thing. footage section. Yeah. That almost. was the Blair Witchy um, part yeah, for me. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think it brought you back to like where she was first in her bedroom and her dad was like, you're not even packing this room up. And she's like, most of this stuff's not mine. And yeah, there, there's uh, a lot of things. Once you know the twist, if you go back, I think you're right. And you think about some of these weird interactions that don't seem to make sense or things that happen. Okay. If you're going to put all that in line, once you know the twist, yes, that's true. They do make more sense, but we've seen like, you know, we've seen many movies that deal with, you know, issues of abuse, assault, trauma. I mean, that's kind of the coin of the realm with horror. Um, but rarely have, uh, I think, have we seen it done as cheaply um, and as shallowly as this, it in just my opinion. It was unnecessary. It was an unnecessary plot line. It was unnecessary to just, like, throw it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was unnecessary just it to just throw it 
And at the end, like, haha, just kidding. Here's some trauma. Ha ha ha. Look at that. PTSD, repressed memories, disassociative disorder. Yeah, like abuse. Fuck off. I don't know. Just like fuck this movie. Do we have any facts on this one? Um, more technical facts, like different from Victoria, where I learned some things about like how movies. We, we've all learned things about how movies are made. Um, but with this movie, a lot of movies they will redo dialogue with ADR. Mm. So they'll do like right, yes, like autom- automated dialogue. That's one of the most so, common things I think that none of us think about. Like yeah. we'll, like we'll shoot a scene. And then they'll get the visual. You have to go we'll back go and you have to redo all that dialogue. Back into the studio yeah. and we'll yeah. do the dialogue. Like, that yeah. just seems so tedious. I know. Doesn't it? Like the actor had to give that performance once to get it right on film. And then they had to do it again to get the sound. Like that's crazy. So in this one, when they were doing the like 13 to 15 minute takes, they thought we could go back and, and do ADR. And they couldn't because Elizabeth Olsen couldn't. I mean, she is in every single scene in the movie. She couldn't go in and like redo like the <gasps> like the exactly like <laughs> so they had to keep it. But the problem was when you're doing long takes. So this is not a single shot take, but a long take. You've got people's feet running behind you with the camera booms, the like the camera, right. like everything. Right, right, right. And right. she couldn't reproduce a lot of this. Right. So right. they. And, and apparently this was not on a lake. It's not a lake house. It was literally in an abandoned home that was right in front of LaGuardia Airport in New York where planes were flying over all the time. Good location. So they had to spend, instead of, like, they abandoned doing ADR and just did hundreds of hours of audio editing. But wow. also there's something huh. called the Foley technique, which I never had heard about. And we were talking about this, Dave. Like the Foley technique is where if, Trent, you and I did a scene right now and you ran across the floor, we would go back in after and I didn't love the way the audio picked up your shoes hitting the floor. So we would go back in and we would do fake shoe hitting. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's They couldn't do that here either because of everything I just talked about, but also they closed the house off and literally made everything like so acoustical that they couldn't go back in and do good Foley techniques and actually not make it sound as good as the acoustics of the house. Interesting. So I, Yeah, interesting. Because I thought the house seemed weirdly closed off. I know that it was like boarded up and stuff, but it, it mostly happens during the day and there's like no light in the house whatsoever. Right. Ah, interesting. Um, and that, and the Foley technique was uh, Jack Foley was the person that came up with that. Was someone that decided like I'm going to start like dropping sand down and making it sound like you're walking on the beach in Friday the Thirteenth or whatever. Like, um, yeah. So a lot of like maybe you can pick pick apart the movie in and of itself, and we know it's not a true single one take. But there are some interesting post-productions that typically happen that they didn't do, um, but they did spend hundreds of hours fixing in post to keep the true acoustics of the performance that you see in Silent House. 
This is a rental right now. Um, get a pony up for this one. And I wanted to mention too, Victoria is on Shutter, but it's also on Tubi, I believe, and on AMC or on Prime with the AMC add-on and some other sites. So AMC you don't Plus. have to have yeah, you don't have to have Shutter to see Victoria. 